Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. Calling them common blessings, okay? Uh, How many know rain is a common blessing? Sunlight is a common blessing. Uh, Fresh air is a common blessing. A person doesn't have to be a faithful child of God to receive those kind of blessings, common blessing. It's kind of like that scripture truth that says it rains on the just and the unjust, okay? Rains on the faithful and the unfaithful. But then the second kind of of blessings, though, are known what I would call unique blessings, You've got common blessings, then you've got unique blessings, which include both spiritual and, and material blessings, uh, maybe eternal blessings, but they're only available to the child of God. How many know eternal life is only available to the child of God? These are blessings that are reserved for the righteous. Second Chronicles. 16.9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. So when I read that, I wanted to break it down. So that's what we've done on your worksheet tonight. We're going to look at three observations. Number one, God is looking for faithful people. How simple is that? Second Chronicles 16.9 just informed us that God is physically, visibly, actively taking the initiative to look for faithful people that he can bless. That's what show himself strong on their behalf means. How many want the Lord to show himself strong? On your behalf. I've learned that if, if you make yourself usable, God can wear you out. And if you make yourself blessable, but probably it's not a, not a word, but if you make yourself blessable, one preacher said it this way, he'll bless your socks off. Well... Pastor, what does be faithful mean? What is faithfulness all about? Well, what we're talking about here tonight under this topic, to be faithful, notice on your study guide, simply means to be trustworthy and dependable. How many know the issue of unfaithfulness is one of the major issues our country faces right now? And the lack and shortage of faithful people has led to the destruction of of great enterprises, great nations, great ministries, and great churches. When people obtain positions of leadership, positions of authority, but they are unfaithful, they are untrustworthy, they are undependable, then everything crumbles. And how many know, I was thinking about it this way in my office today, how many know being born again doesn't automatically turn us into faithful people? Well, it would be nice. 
We should not assume that anyone who is saved is a faithful person. The process of becoming a faithful person is something we need to constantly be engaged in and asking the Holy Spirit to assist us. Why? Because God's looking for faithful people to bless. Point number two, faithful people are hard to find. The psalmist said it this way in chapter 12, verse 1, Help, Lord, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. (laughs) Wise King Solomon said in Proverbs 20 and verse 6, he said this way, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find? Solomon says, everyone brags about how faithful he is, but to find someone who really is faithful is a different story. Even in Solomon's day, a lot of people talked the talk, but very few really walked the walk. Solomon confirmed that faithfulness was a a, a rare virtue in his day, just like it is in ours. So we're not the first ones to struggle with faithfulness. 3,000 years ago, Solomon looked around. He had a pretty impressive kingdom. He was quite an impressive guy. But he says he looked around his vast kingdom and he said, basically, wow, I see a lot of people who, who desire a reputation of faithfulness, but they are not actually being faithful. They were expecting others to trust them without living trustworthy lives themselves. So this issue is ancient as well as modern. And here's why. Here's A, B, and C. A. True faithfulness grows slowly. The virtue of faithfulness reveals itself not in a day, not in a week, not even in a month, but over years. Hello. Almost everybody can sprint for 100 yards, but how many know it's going to take some seasoned folks to run that lifelong race of faith without giving up, without getting distracted? True faithfulness grows slowly. Letter B. Not only grows slowly, but is also hard work. Now, automatically, when it's hard work in this generation, we run the other way. If it can't be done by punching a few keys on a keyboard or the app on your phone, we run the other way. Well, that's intense labor. Faithfulness is hard work. Many monotonous days come to us and we would prefer a different course than the one in front of us oftentimes. And days come when we would rather take a break from dealing with sinful actions and dealing with sinful attitudes. Days come when we'd rather take a break from pursuing our marriage and cultivating a godly family. Days come when we would rather take a break from training up our children in the nurture and the admonition of God. Hey, how many know those days come? Days come when we would rather take a break from our place of employment or... uh, but. 
while the other people say, I'm going to take a break from it all, how many know faithful people get on their knees and they cry out to God and He enables them to do the next thing that displays perseverance? Amen. Okay, so uh, letter A, truth, faithfulness grows slowly. B, faithfulness is also hard work. Letter C, faithfulness is often thankless. By its very nature, faithfulness goes largely unnoticed. How many's noticed that? It's rarely showy. It's, uh, it's ever steady. It's, it's as valuable, though, as a beating heart. How many know your beating heart's kind of valuable? Faithful people are often taken for granted, and in a sense, that's their glory. Our world desperately needs faithful people. But how many know our church desperately needs faithful people? Maybe whose, whose word means something more than a maybe. Maybe a people whose resolve does not grumble in the face of monotony or hardship. People who purpose to keep that covenant they made in marriage. See, people who do not flit from job to job, church to church, but rather gladly plod on the same path until the Lord directs them elsewhere. It's faithful. People who have a passion to hear the words that's going to echo throughout all eternity, well done, thou good and faithful servant. How many want to hear that? I want to hear that. So hidden among the nine fruit of the Spirit is, is this virtue that some folks may find a little bland. Compared to the other marks of Christ-likeness, its grandeur may seem small, its glory may seem dim. The labor required to cultivate, cultivate it can feel unequal to the rewards it offers. Many of us are tempted to forsake the pursuit of it in search of nobler um, successes or achievements. And yet, if we lack this very fruit of the Spirit known as faithfulness, we're going to lose everything good that's been given us. That's the way it works. You know, our youthful resolve gives way to adult indifference. Our marriages and ministries slowly wilt and, and our best ambitions eventually fade. Uh, you know, this quality, though, of faithfulness is certainly not the only mark of a godly person, but without it, a person will not stay godly for very long. In fact, if uh, he or she will not stay anything for very long, if they're not what? Faithful. They're not devoted to their family, not diligent in their work, not passionate in their calling or ministry. Like many of the fruit of the Spirit that's listed in Galatians chapter 5, faithfulness, I don't think it's that difficult to understand. When you, when you look for it in Scripture, you first find it in God. I mean, God is faithful. When we say God is faithful, we mean in large part that He always does what He says He's going to do. Huh? 1 Thessalonians 5.24 He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. 
Isaiah 55.10 says that no word that goes out from the mouth of God is going to come back to him empty or unfulfilled. He said, my word's not going to return void. So with the faithful God, what we hear, somebody say what we hear is what we get. A faithful person in his own perfect way reflects that same trustworthiness. And when a faithful person says they'll do something as significant as loving their spouse or as trivial as, as uh, taking out the trash, then you don't have to wonder where they, whether they actually will or not. Because when a faithful person commits to a task, how many know they don't need constant oversight? They don't need regular reminders. They don't need daily prodding. To fulfill their responsibility. No, nor do they need to add extra assurances on top of their word because in order to win trust, uh, Jesus said, hey, you need to be known that your yes is yes and your no is no. He said a yea be yea and your nay be nay. Now, how do people though, how do people like you and I who are faithless by nature, how do we strive to be found faithful like 1 Corinthians 4.2 tells us to be? Notice that on your study guide. We can begin by remembering the place where faithfulness grows and the person whom faithfulness glorifies. Remember the place where faithfulness grows and the person whom faithfulness glorifies. Because no matter how faithful we are at this moment, more faithfulness will grow in the same place where the Spirit often cultivates that fruit. And it's, where is it? It's in responsibilities and tasks that feel small, unimportant, ordinary. In other words... Faith grows, or faithfulness grows, by doing the little things. And keep doing the little things. Faithfulness that so often goes unnoticed on earth. But how many know, it's not forgotten in heaven. Christ gives us the principle, I think it's in Luke 16.10, that says, He that is faithful in that which is least is going to be faithful in much. Uh, let me pick on my own vocation, my own calling, because many pastors, they dream of impressive legacies. Lasting ministries, great awakenings, large followings. Now, whether or not you know, whether God glorifies his name through uh, us in those ways is ultimately a matter of his providence and his good pleasure. But one thing is certain on our end. Fickleness in little things. Even if we pastor a little church, will never produce faithfulness in much. Right? Because it's in the place of the very little that we learn to be faithful. Our faithful Savior, how many know He has an eye on the small things? 
How many remember he had the eye on the small things when the little widow put in her might? Timmy, didn't you mention that the other night? Somebody did. I think it was you, and he was taking up offering. He had his eye on the small. I mean, that it was it was less than a cent. But he had his eye on that moment. That to many was a forgotten moment, but how many know it's it's been recorded through history? It's never been forgotten. So the faithfulness that so often goes on unnoticed on earth by no means is going to be forgotten in heaven. Tonight, may we grasp the promise that every faithful work will be found recorded in heaven's ledgers. Our faithfulness here, even in little... I mean, no, that's no little matter. It's no little matter. In the unremarkable moments of life, God is shaping us. Who We start out as fickle children, right? But He takes fickle children... And molds them into the image of his faithful, only begotten son. Praise God. So God's son is the one that our faithfulness glorifies. Every day, Christ forgives our lingering unfaithfulness. Every day conforms us to his faithfulness. Oh, how many know he's still working on me? Hmm? How many can say he's still working on me? So number three, faithfulness is the key to blessing and victory. So our text, Proverbs 28, 20, a faithful man will have many blessings. Anybody want some blessings? If you do, we have to embrace faithfulness. So I want to look at six areas of life that folks are being most unfaithful in in our culture. I believe that if we will be faithful to God in these areas, we can unlock blessings in our lives. Number one, this one's basic, being faithful to the Word of God. Because how many know at the end of the day, in order to accomplish the basic things in life, you have to master what is simple. And, and then repeat those simple steps of obedience every single day to create a habit that will lead eventually to success. How many know that waking up in the morning and getting out of bed is, is kind of one of the Simple, basic things of life. But how many know if you, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the sluggard, he has trouble doing that. Right? For believers, we must master the simple step of daily spending time with God through His Word in order to become faithful. How many know no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of the Word of God? Nothing can substitute for the Word of God. There is simply no healthy spiritual life apart from a steady diet of the milk and the meat of Scripture. It's only a matter of time. How many know this? 
It's only a matter of time before this book right here is officially designated as hate speech. It's already happening in some areas. That makes it even more important that we store it up in our hearts and abide in that word faithfully. So number one, being faithful to His Word. Number two, how about this one? Being faithful to local church. I like to think of it this way. The local church is every believer's spiritual family. It's my scriptural conviction that every believer should faithfully attend a Bible-teaching local church. As believers, we are members of, of Christ's body and, and we have to discipline ourselves to be actively involved in ministry as a way of life. And so I want to share with you real quick six reasons to be faithful to your local church. Letter A, it follows the pattern set forth in the New Testament. Most of our New Testament books, how many know they're letters that were written to specific groups of people? who had chosen to identify themselves with Christ and each other and gather locally. I mean, the word church is almost always used to refer to a specific group of people who in some way had committed themselves to serving the Lord and one another in the same ministry location. So uh, when you read through the New Testament, like uh, the numbers were known in Acts chapter 115. Membership roles were actually kept in 1 Timothy 5.9. Do you know that? Deacons were selected in Acts 6. Discipline, church discipline, was practiced in 1 Corinthians 5. Worship was corporate in 1 Corinthians 14.23. And shepherds knew for whom they were responsible in Hebrews chapter 13.17. So that could not happen anywhere else other than in the local church. If we are part of the body of Christ, then we should want to make our association visible through our faithfulness. You know, another one is, uh, what's this letter B? You have greater opportunity to use your spiritual gifts. How many is Pentecostal Spirit-filled? I mean, the Holy Spirit imparts spiritual gifts as He chooses. They are to bless, strengthen, exhort, encourage the local church, as stated in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And as we use our gifts, we are being good stewards of the manifold grace of God that's mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 4, and verse 10. You say, well, Pastor... Can't we use our spiritual gift without having a church home we're faithful to? Yes. But in most churches, the ministry opportunities are limited to faithful ones. Right? How many know that's the way it should be? Scripture says you need to know them that minister among you. Hello. Because unity in doctrine... Purity of life and accountability to one another and the God-appointed leaders are necessary for this Christian life. 
Because, notice this, what is it, letter C? You become more committed part of the spiritual family. Being faithful to the local church demonstrates this certain level of commitment. It shows that you want to be more than a bystander. Boy, I want to be more than a bystander. Being a faithful, committed part of the local church is like entering into a covenant relationship with other believers in order to love them as an active part of a spiritual family. And we also need the spiritual oversight, the soul care of, of faithful church leaders. Letter D, you ensure a balanced Christian life. How many has ever been knocked off balance? It's not a good feeling, is it? Bad things happen when tall guys like me get off balance. By nature, we all have the tendency to gravitate toward extremes. And God's design for the church is to provide an atmosphere of balance for the Christian growth. And as we sharpen each other, our continual contact with other believers promotes balance. Listen, no one develops the proper spiritual balance just by listening to Christian radio. Hello? No one develops the proper spiritual balance just by watching Christian TV in the 700 Club. No one develops proper spiritual balance just by reading Christian books. Hey, I'll tell you, sometimes the Christian bookstore can be a very dangerous place for Christians. If you don't know what you're getting into, some of that stuff is... Whew. Hello. So unless you're an active part of a local church, your Christian life and ministry can be very imbalanced. Letter E. You avail yourself of the wisdom of multitude of counselors. This is what is so, ugh, so shameful. God never intended us to live our lives independent of others or above others. He desires for us to ask wisdom from those around us. Hello. I've had people come to me after the fact when they blew up their family, blew up their life, And they're crying the sad song. And I was like, why'd you do that? If you would have asked me before you made that decision, I could have easily told you this would happen. Now, I'm not that smart. You're looking at Pastor Jones, and, and he's not a, a brain surgeon. By no means. But I, know, I do know a few things in Scripture that if you ignore them, you're going to go down the proverbial tube. Sometimes quicker than I can save you. Hello? That's why Proverbs eleven fourteen says, In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Why do you want to go it on your own? 
Why do you want to make that decision without asking a spiritual friend, leader, mentor, and make sure you're not stepping out of line? I mean, the local church is a great place to find wise counsel. It's a great place to find direction. I have surrounded myself with other pastors and leaders. When I come to a a junction and I'm like, man, I don't know which way to go here, I get on the phone and I pick their brain. Hello? Why do we want to mess our lives up by doing stupid things and have never asked counsel of anybody? That's one of my pet peeves, if if you're wondering. These relationships in the local church will help guide us in the decisions we face to discern God's perfect will. Letter F, you experience the joy of serving others. This is all in the local church. God has created and recreated us in Christ for the purpose of bringing glory to Him through bearing fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is primarily manifested in our relationship with who? Others. And so by being faithful to a local church, we are agreeing with God that one of the ways to bear fruit in the Christian life is serving. Somebody say, serve others. So that's, uh, that's several reasons. What is that, six to be, in, be plugged in the local church? Now jumping back out in the outline, we're talking about being uh, faithful. Um, and now we're on number three, right? Be faithful to your family. Family faithfulness is measured by what we do rather than what we say. How many know talk is cheap? Worldwide research shows that children who experience the Christian faith being lived out in their home are much more likely to grow into faith-filled people and faithful people in adulthood. That's just, I mean, come on. We are surrounded by a culture that diminishes marriage, diminishes parenting, diminishes family values, at least the biblical definition of those relationships. But God has a very specific perspective on how his people should conduct themselves, regardless of how dark of times we live in in our culture. Whether it's Noah and his family leaving the ark, Lot in the midst of Sodom, the Israelites living in the promised land, or our families at Broadway here tonight, God's call is always the same for the faithful. It is this, be ye holy, for I am holy. We may be surrounded by a thousand enemies and influences that seek to impede or destroy our efforts to raise a family for God's glory, but we're still called to faithfulness in the midst of it all. We're not going to get a pass. Yes, it's easy to be holy when you're worshiping God in your prayer closet. But when you're walking through a filth-saturated culture, in one sense, the faithful person says, that doesn't matter. I'm going to be faithful to God in my culture just like I am in my prayer closet. Praise God. Because our circumstances and the people we encounter, they may change, but how many know God never 
changes. And so, in every season of history, God has always called His people to multi-generational faithfulness. One generation, one relationship, one person, one child at a time. And God's call is the same to every family in every circumstance. Just be a holy, for I am holy. Well, I want my home to be a holy place, don't you? Letter four, be faithful in your finances. Proverbs 27, 23 tells us that we are to constantly give attention to our financial health. We are to know the status of our financial portfolio. One way we do this is to be faithful to God in our giving, our tithe. Somebody says, but pastor, everything I have already belongs to God. True. But how many know he's asking us to give a tenth back to him, which is a test of our trust? Hmm? And then he takes that and he supports the gospel. That's the greatest message that could ever fall on the ears of mankind. And he's promised to bless the tithe. Did you, do you remember that? Malachi 3.10. So, when we give regularly, and, and hey, how many know really tithe is the starting point? It really is. When you can give above and beyond, not, not because God wants your money, but it's because, because giving is a form of worship. And to worship means to surrender our whole self and surrendering our finances. I mean, well, that's a pretty good place to start. Because whoever has our finances oftentimes have our heart. Okay, being faithful in our finances, uh, where are we at? Number five? How about this one? Being faithful to one's country. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, Scripture reminds us God's in control of nations and governments. And 1 Timothy 2 urges us to pray. Pray for those in authority. Boy, I wonder, I was wondering, I was, I was asking myself today, I wonder what would happen if all the believers in our country would faithfully pray for our nation and its leaders daily for at least a month. I believe we would see some changes. They would be the fruit of our faithful prayers. God, help us to be faithful in praying for our country. Oh, I know it's easy to complain. It's easy to gripe when we see things that don't line up with Scripture. And, hey, I believe you can call them out. But have we prayed? Huh? Have we prayed? How about this one, being faithful at the workplace? I mean, you know, in today's business culture, faithfulness appears to be on the endangered species list. Dependability and good work ethics are quickly becoming ancient, obsolete, like the dino. Paul, I want to be, you know... Working construction, I was uh, 
foreman of a construction company many years ago. We, we were in a tight place to get a home closed. We needed to keep the thing moving, and our uh, contractor who was hanging the sheetrock, um, I think, had a medical emergency. We had to find another uh, sheetrock hanger, and so we knew some friends, and, and uh, they were Christians, and, and we said, hey, we got this job. Oh, I'm not going to say too much, but whew, we regretted it. Said we'll never do that again. And, and how is that? Why is that? We should be the best worker in the place of employment. Right? We should be the most faithful member of that staff in the entire workplace as a believer. Because uh, try it, try it. Probably won't be very hard because, if any, you won't be needing to compete with too many for that title. <laughs> and how many know if you do, your bosses most likely will notice? Perhaps maybe a promotion will be yours sooner than later. But even if a promotion never comes, remember God sees. And if your boss doesn't reward you down here, the heavenly boss is going to reward you up there. It's just the way it happens. And more importantly, the Lord will be so pleased that he, he's going to reward you himself. Listen, i got to hurry. i got to hurry. Uh, when you read the book of Acts, I mean, it's easy to get carried away by all the dramatic stories. I love them. I love them. Right? But as you come to the Closing chapters of the book of Acts. One thing that sticks out is this simple word, faithfulness. The apostles saw miracles that most of us can never imagine. They experienced ministry success that most pastors today will probably never see. Yet when we find the apostle Paul nearing the end, We at Broadway want to say thank you for joining us in worship today via online. 
we want to invite you to like our Facebook page as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please, if you don't mind, share us across your social media platforms. Let me just say a quick prayer of blessing today as we just conclude our time together in this video. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for this avenue of worship that we have to utilize our online tools and furthering your gospel, furthering your kingdom. I pray that you would bless those who have tuned in today. Keep your hand on them. Minister to their hearts. Minister to their minds. And God, just do a work in their lives. We love you, Jesus, and we praise your holy name. Amen.